Hey there, Soul Family. Welcome to another episode of Evolving Consciously. My name is Holly and I know for sure that nothing happens by accident. This moment is happening very on purpose. So I invite you to really sink in with me as we weave our way through this conversation today so that the message your soul is searching for right now can land deeply with you. Here in this podcast, we have conversations on consciousness, helping you unbecome everything you're not, bringing you home to your wholeness so that you can live a completely authentic, soul-centered life. Today, we're interviewing someone that I see as a global superstar who has so much to offer. Her name is Tamara Metcalf. Tamara is an energy healer, empowering feminine coach and speaker who spends her days working with people who are ready to embrace their true self. Now, let me take a moment to really give you her background because she's going to offer so much value that will touch your soul and arrest your spirit and resonate so deeply with you as we go into this interview. And I want you to be able to not only hear what she has to say, but to receive every ounce of its value. So let me spend a moment really giving you her background and some of her life story so that you can understand the value that she's about to share with all of us. She loves speaking all things sex, love, and life. Through her healing and coaching sessions, she helps people to release the blocks, stories, and delusions that they have created in their life that hold them back, allowing them to step back into their power for a truly amazing life filled with love. Tamara hasn't always been this way, though. For most of her life, she struggled to find balance in her life. She was overworked, overstressed, sleep deprived, undernourished, suffered from depression and anxiety, suffered from adrenal and thyroid issues, tried every diet under the sun, even resorted to binge eating and vomiting. She's been on the brink of a complete breakdown more than once, experienced sexual harassment in the workplace and sexual trauma at different times of her life. She knows what it feels like to have no libido, She never liked anyone to see her naked. And in fact, she didn't even like to see herself naked. It's fair to say for the best part of her life, she had very little self-worth. Her journey to turn her life around started many years ago when her son was a sick little boy. Through absolute exhaustion and desire to find a solution for her son when doctors and specialists failed him, she was led to Whole Foods. When she started to make changes to food, she saw incredible results, not only for her son, but her whole family. At that point, she knew she had to study and pass this knowledge onto others. What she quickly realized, however, was that food was just the tip of the iceberg when it came to healing journeys. Tamara knows that any healing journey does not have a start and end date. It's a continual journey. She does not stop working on herself. She is guided to new techniques by the divine continually and continually does the work on herself. It's because of this that she's able to bring about incredible results for her clients. Coupled with this, Tamara works with highly powerful sexual energy in her energy healing sessions. The combination of her coaching and healing sessions make for very powerful life transformations. She guides people to bring vitality, creativity, and an amazing sense of well-being back into their lives. Tamara is incredibly passionate about what she does and is ready to help you find and embrace your true self and live a life on your terms right here, right now in this interview today. So Tamara, are you there? 
I am, Holly. So happy to be here today. Thank you. Absolute honour and a pleasure. It really, really is. I, I've experienced your value myself um, and I can't wait to see what it is you have to offer. So tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, above and beyond anything that I've already mentioned, tell us, uh, you know, who, who are you and what is it that you, that you do? Uh, yeah, th thank you so much for such a beautiful intro, Holly. Um, I guess I'm a, a mum of three, few, three beautiful kids. Uh, I'm a single parent as well, and I run now my own business um, doing energy healings and coaching. Uh, and I guess I just live a life that is true to me now. Every day what I do is what I feel like doing and what I want to do. And that's how my, my life flows. Uh, it's a fantastic way to live, to be honest. Absolutely. And, and I really want to unpack and get into how you got to this point because I know that before you were called to what you're doing now, um, there was another plan that you were living out in your life, what I call your plan versus the plan. And, and so many of us do that. So many of us have, a, you know, an idea in our mind about what we want to do with our lives and how we're going to achieve success and significance and all those things that we think fill us up. But it's not until we get to a certain point that we realize that there is a plan a whole lot bigger than any of ours that we're, that we're being called to. And I know that you're someone who, before all of this, before this awakening journey that you've been on, uh, I know you were someone who had really great success in the corporate world. Uh, and, and given that you're a female, not only a female, but a young female particularly at the time. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I, I think when I first, um, I guess, entered the working world, I was, I just wanted to get um, a job in corporate. That's all, all I basically knew. And what I did know, however, was that whatever I was going to do, I was I was going to be successful and I was going to put whatever I could into it so that I could climb and, and become into a higher role and those types of things. And so when I um, started working in corporate, I started working for a large um, international insurance broker and at that time um, started off at basically reception level and then very quickly was bored within about a week of that <laughs> um, and then moved on. Um, I actually started doing some work for um, the IT department and then one of those girls left, so I got an opportunity there because she fessed up that I'd been doing her work. <laughs> and basically um, from there I just started, I've always been one that sees an opportunity um, or something that needs to be done and so I just get on and get it done. And so from that point I just started, um, I initially was um, like an assistant in that in that position then I came on to um, managing a team and I had a team of a lot of, of probably I think six people under me and then um, at that point I decided that there was more out there there had to be more and I saw a, a position that wasn't being or a requirement that wasn't being filled in the organization and so I went basically direct to the CEO I spoke to my manager but went direct to the CEO and told him what I thought needed to be done, um, how I thought I could do it, and he basically gave me that opportunity, create a new role within the organisation. And then from that point, um, that quickly came a role where we needed a team of people to do things. And so I ended up running the um, business process, um, being a business process manager and managing all of basically the processes for the whole of the Australian operations. Mm -hmm. um, when I was in that role, I managed and did a transfer across to India 
um, which is a completely new thing for everyone, uh, and was eventually offered um, a position on the operating um, board, which was the, the board that basically did all the day-to-day -day things for the, the executive board, which was the top-level board. Wow. So, and how yeah. old were you when all this happened? Um, so I was um, just over 30 when that happened. So let me ask you this, because so many people would say, like the, I guess when it comes to what I call the human world, I would say you've achieved all of that at the ripe old age of 30. How is that not enough? Like what, what you know, that level of success, that level of significance, that level of uh, acknowledging and, and accomplishment, why, what was it that, that uh, put you in a situation where even though you were doing so well, you weren't able to settle there. What was it that made you become even open to the fact that there, that, that, that even though you'd done so well, there was still something bigger. There was there was something more for your life than the plan that you were working on. Yeah. So I guess when I um, I've always strived because I've knew, known that there was more, and so that's probably what pushed me into wanting to go to higher positions and wanting to create new departments and was always kind of looking for what that thing was that, that, I, um, that I needed. And when I got to the operating level, it was kind of like, okay, now I'm on a board, but now I'm doing all this stuff for other people and I'm being told what to do and, I, and I've never been one that likes being told what to do, to be honest. Um, and so that was kind of for me i was like now i'm stuck in a in a position where i'm at this really high-end role i'm making incredible income um i'm helping lots of people but there's still more there's still something else out there there's still something else i'm meant to be doing so i, I kind of felt really stuck at that point uh-huh and you know what we we all do we get to a point i call it transition and i say that transition is that point that you get to where you don't know where you want to go next you've got no idea what's next but you know so deeply where you can no longer stay you, you, you know you can't stay here but you don't know where you're going to go and you know that that's a pivotal moment in so many of our lives so in in order to begin following the bigger plan, not, not the plan that we create, but the plan that calls us. We all have to go through a very big letting go process because the universe can't just send us what we want. It can only send us the opportunities that we have space for. And in order to let go, we have to be willing to let go of the identities that we've brought into and the roles that we have played in order to create space for our life's calling. But letting go is the hard part. Letting go is the part or is, is the... It's the place of most resistance, I find, for so many people. So what happened for you? How did you learn to let go? What did you, tell us, spend a minute to tell us what your letting go process looked like and what was the scariest part about that for you? Yeah, I guess probably let's start with what the scariest part was. Um, I guess because I was in a position which was so high in a company, I had a lot of people that relied on me. And so I also had a team of people that relied on me both here in Australia, but also that I um, was in really close relationship with in, over in India. Uh, and I also, and on top of that was the money that I was earning, like really good money. Uh -huh. And everything that I had thought about was like, you're basically going to have to start from scratch. Uh, and I didn't even really know at that time what that would be, like what it would look like. 
-hmm. And it wasn't until, I guess there were several different stages. When I had my kids is where it it first started. Uh, And like you mentioned earlier, I had a really sick son and I was basically forced back into working full time, which I didn't want to do which was just absolutely exhausting when you're trying to work full-time with a son who's up every two to three hours, like every night um, and speak constantly and stuff like that. And so I was kind of at that point going, something's got to give here. And so when I had um, him, I I kind of pushed through it. I'm like, no, I've got to keep going. And then I fell pregnant with my second child. And um, when I was... um, like she was, I think she was six weeks old and I was in Princess Margaret Hospital with her and basically spent three days in PMH with her and I thought, here we go again, we're just going to go down the same track. How am I going to cope with it? But what I had had the smarts to do before she came along was to do a lot of training on my team so that when I went on maternity leave that all of my role was basically just the basic day-to-day stuff was taken care of, which I didn't do at my first pregnancy. Yep. So I guess that was the start of the transition period where I, I made sure everything was covered at that work. I knew that certain things would never get done, um, but at least the day-to-day stuff was covered. So that was part of my process. Mm-hmm. And then it was when I was um, going on my search for how to, to get my son well again is when I was introduced to um, the world of whole foods and things like that um, and into the network marketing life. Mm-hmm. And I guess at that time I saw that I'd crossed off that I didn't need to worry so much about my team. I knew they all had their things to do and they would survive. Um, We always say that no one, it really is irreplaceable in the corporate world. Um, I'd been coping without the money. So I knew that that was going to be okay, even though it's nice to have that money, we we could cope without it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'd now found something that I was really passionate about. So it kind of crossed off those worries and concerns that I had and let me, allowed me to go that, that step into, um, into leaving that corporate role. Yeah. Um, it gave me a lot of pleasure actually saying goodbye. Were, <laughs> were you ever concerned? Cause I know a lot of people are, and, and sometimes it's the only thing that holds them back from letting go. And that is the judgments and the criticisms from those around them, particularly those that that we want to approve of us, our, our parents, no matter how old you get, you're still a child, you know, to your parent and the little girl or the little boy, a little boy just wants to be loved and accepted and wants to be enough for their parents. And so when you were making this shift from being this, you know, big corporate kind of guru at such a young age to this person that was going to look at going into food, let's say, uh, how, how did you cope with that? Did you have doubts or concerns about how you might be judged and, and what people might say about, you know, the move that you were making? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I knew there would be that judgment um, from people I worked with and family and friends and things like that. Um, but for me, it was, uh, I was kind of beyond that point. I was at a point in my life where it was a, I guess, one of those crisis moments where you either continue down this path and drive yourself into an early grave because um, I was just that exhausted mm-hmm. trying to cope with full-time work and children that were sick um, or I could do something and try and um, do something that made a difference. Yeah. And so to me, the money and the status and everything didn't matter so much as the fact that I had the ability um, to make a difference in other people's lives. And so right. that was my justification. And and when I got to that point, I was so far 
um, past the point of wanting to be where I was yeah. that, I, that I didn't actually care what people thought in the end. I get it. I get it. I get it. And right from that moment, could you see the future? Like as soon as you obviously you had an interest in food, particularly because, um, you know, of, of the pain surrounding your life situation at that, that time with your son, you know, from, as soon as you made that move, did you know that anything to do with food or health and love and life was actually your path? Or did you feel like you had to walk that path or move in that, that direction a little bit blindly to begin with and just kind of trust the process? Was it clear for you? Uh, I guess I was definitely pulled in that direction. And certainly when I started the journey, I started, um, I certified, I'm a certified health coach as well and went through that training. I've trained with a pediatric, uh, with a pediatrician in the US with regards to food um, uh -huh. for children. Um, and so I did all of that training. But what I found through that journey was I'm like, yes, this is helping. I can help others, but there's still something missing. Right. And so I knew I'd got out of what I was doing and I was on kind of the right path-ish. Uh -huh. um, I still felt that there was something missing. And every time that I started um, to go down a particular path, I would end up self-sabotaging because in the, um, I know now why, but at that time I was just like reiterating the fact that um, the lessons that I had my whole life of um, not being good enough and things like that. But I just, um, I would go down that path and still know that it wasn't right. So right. I knew it was connected and it was moving me in the right direction, but it wasn't right. Got it. Yeah, I, I, I totally understand. And you know, so many people do that. They, they, they get called in a direction. And I love how you mentioned self-sabotage because uh, it's, it's almost like self-sabotage is the enemy's A game that it plays against us. Um, you know, it goes into attack. And, and as we start making progress and as we start feeling somewhat fulfilled, it's like, like you said, we don't believe we're worthy of feeling all of that. And, and we sabotage ourselves. So, what happened for you once you let go? So you got to the moment, you let go, uh, you know, the moment you step out of that job or you step out of playing that identity of being the corporate girl or whatever that might have been. And, and now there's space in your life, not only in the way of time, but maybe in the, in the way of your thoughts, your psyche, your emotions. Um, you haven't got this other stuff taking up that space. What happened for you once you let go like once you started to go you know what um, i don't care about what people are going to say i don't care what they're going to think um i don't care about the money that i used to make what started happening for you once you allowed yourself to let go of all of those things you were originally attached uh, so when i started doing that it was really a, quite a roller coaster road um ride to begin with mm -hmm. and so i started to see um in everything that i stepped forward into i started to see some really great success and um i built some really great teams i had um a great coaching business uh and what i had noticed through that that process though was that i was actually giving away a lot of my value for free um, because yes. of the uncertainty about, about where I needed to be. Um, but it, it, I kept persevering and I kept trying different things. And um, I had, a, like I said, a lot of ups and downs on that journey. And I guess I got to a point um, where I had another um, big breakthrough of letting go um, and hit another really low point um, when I had my, my third child. Yeah. And when I had her... Um, I kind of gave up on all of the um, the desires I had um, in that particular field, in the particular field of health and nutrition and things like that. Right. And 
got to the point where I was just, I didn't know what I was going to do. Okay. Um, that, that's really awesome. You know, I love that. If I can pause you for a second, because, you know, this is something else that I, that I notice and, and something that, um, you know, I, I also know about you. I know you're going to add so much value here because sometimes we leave what we're doing for a particular path. In your case, it was food. Food uh, and, and whole foods and natural healing is what pulled you away from the wrong path uh, you, or the path that was your path, not the path. And, but still, it wasn't quite a right path because here you are today, of course, living the principles you learned in food, but not necessarily living your life in food, if that makes sense. It's not, it's not you know, it's not your brand. It's, it's not uh, what you do. It's certainly knowledge. So, but it takes so much courage. And I, I see this all the time. And, you know, I applaud you for the courage that you've shown in your life where you leave a one path for, uh, let's say, in your case, food. But then down along that path, you get cold again. You get cold in another direction again. And that's the moment where so many people self-sabotage or stop. And because then people start saying things like, oh, now you're changing again. You know, when are you going to actually know what you're doing? Or at what point do you actually know? And sometimes people think, well, now we're moving again. Now we're moving again. And, and it makes them feel like they're getting it wrong. So they start to not trust their intuition. They start to, you know, shut down the voice that calls them because they see it as, oh, I, I got it wrong the first time. So how do I know I'm getting it right this time? So how, how did you know that then shifting your path again months later or years later, whatever it was, how did you know that was the right thing? I know it's really hard to find words to articulate it. If it's possible, describe for us the emotions that, that you felt or, 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 you know, for advice for those out there who are listening, who are maybe thinking the same thing. They're thinking, you know what, it wasn't so long ago I changed paths and now I feel like it's still not the right path. And now I feel like I've, I've made the wrong decision or, you know, whatever it might be. And they're not following that next call. What would your advice be to them? How do they tune into themselves and know uh, what, what the next right move is? Yeah. Um, I guess what my advice is that just to keep listening and keep checking in with yourself. And I, a lot of the, the, there was a few years in there in my journey where I kind of did it without even knowing what I was doing, where I was going down a path and then going, this is not right. So then I'd pull back and then I would check back in. So what is the right path? And I just kept searching. I just knew that it wasn't right. And I think there was a lot of people who were like, just go back and get a job or just keep at what you're doing and keep going. And when you know in yourself, um, it's really hard to block out what other people are saying. But it's one of the most important things that I've learned along the way is that if you can trust your inner knowing, then you'll always be making the right answer, um, the, the right decisions because yeah. no one else is, is meant to be on your path. That's their opinions through what society tells us and through what we've been taught by our parents or by friends or by media. Um, it's when we actually check in with ourselves, that feeling, that pull of it is my path or it's not my path is uh -huh. so strong yet we have a, a habit of just ignoring it. So yeah. my biggest advice is don't ignore it. Just keep listening to it. If it doesn't feel right, then keep searching. Keep looking to find what it is that's out there and keep every time that you go down a path that's not quite right, that feels this might be in the right direction, you're going to still learn things and yes. you're also going to go through the process of un, um, peeling back another layer to get you to a point where you need to be. I love that. So essentially 
there is no wrong. There's only what's right or there's the past that gives us the lessons to help us get to what's right. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love that. Um, you know what, from just, I guess, starting to wrap this up, um, how could you describe what life feels like to you now? So let's say there's someone out there listening to this and they're like, oh my gosh, this is speaking to me. And, and for those of you that are out there that are feeling like this is resonating, here's what I want to say to you. Understand that this message isn't coming from, from Tamara or from Holly. This message is coming from your higher self, from the universe, through us as a messenger for you. But if it is resonating deeply, we're not teaching you something new. Even all this value that Tamara provides doesn't necessarily teach you something new. What it does is it introduces you to the parts of yourself that you haven't owned. The parts, it, it already existed. That's why we know it when we find it. We feel it. It, it, it. We have resolve and we are resolute with, wow, that spoke to me. And, um, you know, thank you, Tam, for making yourself available to do what it took to grow yourself and to, you know, build your confidence in being able to follow your path so that, you can be such a powerful messenger on, on behalf of the universe now. So for those who are in that transition moment or maybe they've began changing paths and now they feel like they need to change again and, and they're in the process of what we've just spoken about this whole time, can you tell us what it feels like on the other side? Can, can you shine a light a little bit, make the light a little bit brighter for, hey, if you're on the path or you're nearly there or you've even just taken your first step towards it, you know, stay on the path because here's what it feels like in the end. Tell us what life, what life feels like for you today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, life on the other side is just incredible. Um, it's amazing how, how things turn around. Once you've actually peeled back enough of those layers and done enough of the work, you have so much clarity as to what you should be doing in life that it doesn't matter anymore what people say or think about what you do because you know within yourself that it's the right thing to do. And no matter what that might be for you, um, in my case, um, it's something that I now have created a business around, but at the same time, it's something that I feel so passionately about that if I couldn't even make money from it, I would be doing it anyway because wow. I'm so strongly about it. And day to day, um, Yes, I still have stuff that comes up for me and I still work on myself all the time because there's a lot of years to get past and to uncover and unravel. And particularly some of the tools that, um, that I've learned through you, Holly, help me to be able to do that every single day. When things come up, instead of me attaching to it and going into a state where I doubt and I um, want to go and hide or anything like that, um, I now face it head on I delve dive deep into it and then I release it and so I don't feel I, I feel that you could throw anything at me now you could say anything about me um throw me into any situation I will come out of it because I right. know and trust so much in my path now that the doubt um goes out the window like it's just oh, wow. I literally just got goosebumps over my whole body when you said that 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 really that resonated with me so just to wrap this up, what is it you do now? How can people get in contact with you? Because I know that tonight is, you know, there is so much value that you offer. And I personally love, you know, watching your, your, your Facebook live broadcast that you do. And I know that you've just recently, uh, you know, announced um, 
uh, webinars and ebooks, and you've got a whole lot of stuff going on to be able to get more of your value out to the world. So, uh, I guess just in a, in a quick summary, what is it you do? Uh, what kind of value can you offer people, and how do they get in contact with you? Understanding that people are listening to this from all over the world, how how do they get in contact with you so that they can get access to uh, you know being able to feed and nourish themselves from the the fruit that you make available? Yeah, great. Thanks, Holly. Um, so people can get in contact with me if they're on Facebook then they can go to my Facebook business page to my um, it's just facebook.com forward slash Tamara Jane dot true to you um, I also have a group that you can access through that page as well um, or if you're not on Facebook you can go to tamarajane.com and I've got all of my services there I basically do um, coaching with people I coach around all things um, sex love and life and my passion is really around getting people to get back to their true self. So being able to remove the layers that we all pack on top of ourselves through various events and conditioning that we've had, um, to be able to uncover what we, what we really are about and be able to live a life in that truth. Uh, and I also do a lot of work around um, sexuality and sensuality. Um, it's one of my biggest passions from going from someone who had absolutely no libido through to someone who um, whose libido is probably through the roof. <laughs> um, being able to teach people how to get back to that point and how to love themselves first um, right. and then be able to invite that love into their lives is something else that I'm incredibly passionate about. So if you check out my website or my Facebook page, I'll let you know about um, any of the courses that I'm running at the time that you might be able to get um, be a part of. Um, I've got ebooks and things like that that people can get hold of, and also the lives that I do through that um, Facebook page as, as well. So that's tamarajane.com for my website or tamarajane.true to you through Facebook. And I just want to clarify that Tamara Jane is spelt with a Y, J A Y N E, correct? Yes, that's correct. Thank you. Beautiful. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for your time and for everything that you've offered here. And as I say to all the audience out there listening, you know, living a life this way takes so much courage. Don't leave here. Don't leave anywhere the same person you were when you got there. Every time you've got access to information and to value, let it touch you, let it change you, allow things to shift inside of you. So as you depart from here today, please depart from here with courage, the courage to believe in a better way, the courage to voice what you've got to say the courage to thrive when times are tough, and above all else, the courage to know you are good enough.